Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Okay. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So I have a stupid joke. Okay. What happened when the butcher backed into his meat grinder? Oh, um, I don't know. He got a little behind in his work. Oh, my God. <laughs> that cracked me up, so I decided to pick <laughs> that one. <laughs> okay, so I got some embarrassing moments. I think the first, at least few, are uh, when they were kids. Embarrassing okay. moments from when they were kids. First one, I ran downstairs and showed my parents my first erection. Oh my flexing God. it up and down, asking, why is it like that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that? We're like, oh my God. We don't do that. Stop. That's private time. Private time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Next one. My parents have a home video of me when I was about three or four. I'm in the backyard in my swimsuit playing in the sprinkler. Fun, right? But then, all of a sudden, I start to straddle the sprinkler and let the water shoot me right in my little girl bits. Then I start uh, grinding the stream of water and making the most awful face and giggling (laughs) that's embarrassing that's one of those videos that they're like oh yeah when you're 18 i'm showing your friends that's horrible yeah next one my mom was a teacher in the building when i went to elementary school and my first words to my kindergarten teacher was my name is andy my mom says you're a bitch I climbed in my great grandmother's coffin and sat on her when I was four. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, that's very sad. Next one. Apparently, when I was four or five, my mom caught me and a friend discussing our father's penis size. Um, okay, how would they know? I know! I never knew that information. There were some on here that I had to skip because they were, um, a little pedophile-y. Ew. Yeah, and it was like embarrassing moments when they were a kid and the things that they used to do, but I'm like, okay, why? Uh, I'm not even gonna... That was bad. Okay. Okay, next one. Why would you want to tell a story about that? I know. One of them specifically. I'll just tell it because we're talking about it. The embarrassing thing was they were taking a shower with their dad. And uh, when their dad looked down, they were drinking the water that was streaming off of his penis in the shower. And I'm like, okay, one... Why would you, were you taking a shower with your dad? Two, like, what the fuck? And three, why would you tell people about it? Yeah, that's that's not. There were a few like that. That's it's not right. Yeah, not right. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. Next one. I grew boobs at a very young age, around third grade. I realized how fun it was to bounce them. I proceeded to bounce my boobs in the middle of class while the teacher looked at me with horror. (laughs) She then gave me a demonstration and said... She then gave me a demonstration... Oh! (laughs) And said, we don't do that. (laughs) She was an old lady. (laughs) Like, you see this? We don't do that. Well, if she's an old lady, though, they wouldn't bounce, would they? <laughs> they would start swinging. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Next one, when I was a little girl around six, I had just gotten out of the bath. I walked into my room and could hear my brother and his friends outside on the front porch. They're a couple years older than me, and for some reason I thought it'd be a good idea to walk outside, still naked, turn around, bend over, and wave at them between my legs. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. What the fuck? I know. So I'm telling you, that's mild compared to some of the things I read. Oh no. But I thought that was pretty funny because I mean she was six. <laughs> okay. I used to eat dog food out of the dog's bowl while on all fours. When my parents tried to stop me, I would bark at them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. This one. Oh, my God. At 10, I had just discovered that holding the back massager to my penis felt really good and not knowing that feeling good in that way was meant to be kept private. I decided to do it at a Christmas gathering. I brought the massager downstairs, plugged it into the living room wall and sat on the and went on to massage myself on the couch. <laughs> Could you imagine everyone in that room? And you know no, but everybody was too nice to say anything. <laughs> Like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> I guess it's massage time. <laughs> hey, bring that over here. <laughs> okay. Uh, next one. I was curious about man parts when I was young. My stepdad was in the shower, so I knocked on the door and said, It's mom in my lowest voice and walked in. We've never had the same relationship. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, this one. I did copy and paste this one. Oh. One of my old roommates apparently would shower with his dad as a kid, and his dad happened to be well hung. One shower, mid washing his hair, his dad looked down to see him drinking the shower water as it streamed off his penis. Ugh. Gross! No! No. I wonder how old he was. I don't know. Because I, I mean, could see a little one. He had to have been little. Like little, little. Yeah. But at some point, yeah, stop n- taking showers with your dad. Yeah. I would think like when you can... Like stand up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, no. Okay. I was trying to compliment one of my favorite university professors this past year and being the overzealous girl i am i made the mistake of blurting out i love you to him tried to save it by tacking on as a teacher (laughs) and then going on to talk about how all about all the other things i love like science my university (laughs) life but it hung in the air until i decided to just call it quits so something i would do i'd be like oh my god i love you and then it'd just like be silent (laughs) i would never do that just just kidding (laughs) okay i don't understand this one apparently when i was four while in holiday in portugal my brother caught me chomping on something he asked me what i was eating and i spurted out jelly babies while he was walking, watching, I carried on walking and saw another quote-unquote jelly baby and promptly put it in my mouth. Turns out I was eating snails alive with their shells still on. What? Yeah. Why would they do that? I don't know. That I, I was very that's confused gross. about that. Yeah, that's gross. What would even compel you to do that? I don't know. I don't like gross. I don't know. Hmm. Okay, next one. When I was in third grade, I tried to impress a girl I liked by telling her I had a bomb in my backpack and that I was going to blow up the school. Oh, God. In my mind at the time, I was thinking that if I had, if we had no building, then we wouldn't have to go to school anymore and we would all be happy. And she ratted me out. Get the hint. And I got in big trouble. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was obviously pre-9-11. Oh, or yeah. Definitely. You'd be in way big trouble. Next one, when I was a kid, we went to see The Karate Kid when I was about 13. I felt so good after the movie that as we were exiting that, uh, exiting out the side door, I went, hi-ya, and karate kicked the door open, smashing an old lady in her face and knocking her over. That's <laughs> me. That would be embarrassing. Uh, next one, as a little girl... Around the age of four, I ran into the bathroom while my father was sitting on the toilet and proudly exclaimed that I knew why some men pee sitting down. When he asked why, I matter-of-factly said, because their penises are too short. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Next one, when I was little, I wasn't the best at wiping my ass, so I would always let my mother know when I needed my booty cleaned by yelling, I pooped. On the first day of kindergarten, I took a dump in the shared toilet in the classroom and yelled, I pooped, (laughs) extremely loud, and bent over the toilet. My teacher opened the door and saw my shit-covered anus staring at her. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm sure that's not the first time they've seen that. Absolutely, yeah. Little kids. And my last one, and this is sad. In middle school, a group of douchebag guys asked my friend if she spit or swallowed. She thought about it for a moment and then innocently replied, Well, when I laugh, it comes out of my nose. Aww. Oh, that's so mean. I hate douchebag boys in middle school. <laughs> They're the worst. Okay. That, those were mine for the okay. week. Okay. So, I was thinking that the haunted states, the pl- haunted places in, in different states, mm-hmm. was getting a little monotonous. Okay. So I decided to do something different this week. Ooh, okay. We are going to talk about mirrors. <gasps> my favorite thing. Oh my goodness. All right. Cool. So I've got a few different ones. The first the first ones are their creepy mirror legends. Okay. And I got this from bustle.com. Uh the first one, broken mirrors damage your soul. Huh. I'm sure everyone has broken a mirror and someone you know helpfully informs you that you have just given yourself seven years of bad luck. Yeah. (laughs) Superstition stems from the ancient myth that holds that the mirror reflects not just one's external surface, but one's soul as well. Ancient Romans believed that the soul regenerated every seven years, so if you messed with a mirror, you had to consider your soul equally messed up. Hmm. Equally messed with for seven years until you could grow a new one. Huh. That's interesting. I never knew. I never yeah. knew where the seven year thing came yeah, from. Yeah, I never did either. I knew they always said seven years bad luck, but. Yeah. Uh, ghosts live inside mirrors waiting to attack you. Oh, no. If you've been to a slumber party or at least a slumber party held before the advent advent of Netflix, then you're familiar with the game Bloody Mary. Yes. Game players enter a darkened room and chant some variation of the phrase Bloody Mary into a mirror uh, a varying amount of times. It could go up to 13 times. What? Uh, depending on where you're at, who you're with, or whatever. That's a lot. <laughs> in some versions... I always heard three. Yeah, that's what I heard, too. In some versions, you do it in complete darkness. In others, you clutch a candle or flashlight. In some versions, the woman you're invoking is a murderer... In others, a demon, and in yet other versions, Mary the First of England, who was nicknamed Bloody Mary during her reign. That's right. I've heard that. In all versions, when you're done with the ritual, a ghoulish woman is supposed to lunge out of the mirror. Ooh. Folklorists locate the roots of this story not in an actual ghost who liked to victimize people through the looking glass, but in an order... In an older ritual where young women chanted a special incantation in front of a darkened mirror in order to try to get a look at their future husband. And what if you do actually see something in the mirror while you're tromping around in the dark, invoking a deceased (laughs) British royal? Odds are that you're simply experiencing the Caputo effect. A psychological effect that leads us to react to sensory deprivation with imagination. When the effect was studied in a lab by placing subjects in front of a darkened mirror for several minutes, they began to think they saw the image of a different face in it. Mm, When in reality, they were seeing their own reflection with added details created by their minds. Creepy. Also, no matter what, it's definitely not Queen Mary I coming for you through the bathroom mirror. She's got that name due to her due to her taste for putting Protestants to to death while trying to reestablish Catholic Catholic Catholicism. Yes, thank you. As the reigning religion in 16th century England. That was like a huge thing. Like it, I, there were people put to death for not being Catholic. Oh yeah. Or for being Catholic. Yeah. One of the two. Either the uh, both, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's 
don't don't even get me started on religion. Yeah, religion is just not fucked. <clears throat> religion is not one of my favorite. Yeah, subjects. I get that. Yeah, so, for sure. You can access a creepy mirror world whenever you want. Say what? A new twist on the classic mirror game. This Reddit popularized rite involves setting up candles, a fan, mirrors, three chairs, one that you sit in and two that you place mirrors upon and then engaging in a series of ritual actions that are supposed to allow spirits or creatures of some sort to take up residence in the mirrors occupying the roles of queen and fool and answering your questions what if you do play this game and happen to see a being in one of the mirrors which are you supposed to which are you supposed to only gaze at indirectly i don't know more caputo effect i don't know if i'm saying that right and if you hear answers well it might just be a case of pareidolia a psychological phenomenon where you perceive a pattern where one does not actually exist which can cover everything from seeing a stain that looks like the virgin mary to yes hearing words in the rhythmic whirring of a fan huh interesting souls of the dead can become trapped in mirrors of course the bloody mary legend isn't just isn't just based on some harmless pre-online dating romantic fun it also seems to draw from the ancient cross-cultural myth that the dead and mirrors interact quite poorly in jewish in jewish culture when someone dies all mirrors are covered in the house while the members of the household mourn for a week engaging in a practice called sitting shiva According to some old Jewish myths, this is because demons visit homes where there has been a tragedy or loss. And while they cannot be seen with the naked eye, one can see their reflection in mirrors. So they're essentially reverse vampires. <laughs> Keeping the mirrors covered keeps mourners who are already dealing with enough problems from being startled by the sight of these death-loving goblins. More commonly understood reasoning holds that the mirrors are covered because praying before mirrors creates a chance that the person praying could become distracted, which is a totally reasonable explanation, so where's the fun in that? <laughs> in some German and Dutch cultures, in the past, mirrors were covered up after a death because it was believed that catching a glimpse of yourself after a member of your household died meant that you would go next, and soon. Some historians have documented an older Chinese superstition that held that if a corpse is taken past an uncovered mirror, they will become a ghost. Some old Irish beliefs also held that the soul of the dead person would become trapped inside a mirror that was brought near the body. Rituals involving the covering of mirrors after death were also found in some Indian, English, and Scottish cultures. But in Victorian culture, the practice of covering mirrors became non-denominational. Supposedly, all the mirrors were covered when Abraham Lincoln's body was laid out in the White House. <laughs> okay, now I've got ten crazy facts about mirrors. Okay. Um, I think I got this from ListVerse.com. We're all familiar with mirrors. We look into them every day, but mirrors aren't just for checking our appearance or looking for cars behind you when you're driving. There are some crazy things mirrors can do, including keeping wormholes stable enough to travel through time. Mirrors and phantom limbs can help us learn about the brain, and mirrors can also allow us to measure the distance to the moon. Here are the craziest things about mirrors. <laughs> mirrors and time travel. We all know that you can travel through time in a wormhole, right? The only trouble is that wormholes have a tendency to collapse, which prevents anything from passing through them. However, help is at hand with a simple pair of mirrors. All you need is two uncharged mirrors or metallic plates in a vacuum placed a few micrometers apart. Make sure there is no external electromagnetic field. Now comes the Casimir effect which is a physical force arising from a quantized field between the two mirrors. This is way too scientific for me. <laughs> this quantum electrodynamic force produces a mass negative region of space-time between the mirrors, which could stabilize a wormhole and allow faster-than-light travel. Theoretically, you could travel to the past, but not the future, so you couldn't go... You couldn't get next week's winning lotto numbers, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Another fly in the ointment is that the stable wormhole, wormholes produced by the mirrors are 
small, so don't plan a holiday visit to your ancient ancestors just yet. Hmm. Mirrors, phantom limbs, and the human brain. Neuroscientists are a wacky bunch, but amazingly, experiments using mirrors on patients with phantom limbs have allowed researchers to learn a lot about how the brain works. Using a smoke-and-mirror-style optical illusion, researchers placed mirrors vertically on a table and used them to reflect the patient's intact limb. This effectively superimposed the reflection of the intact hand onto the side of the phantom limb so that, to the patient, it looked like they had both hands. Hmm. Weirdly, when the intact hand was moved, the patient felt the same movement in the phantom hand, even if the hand had been missing and no movement had been felt for more than 10 years. When the intact hand was touched, the patient also felt the sensation in the phantom limb. By repeating the procedure several times, some patients felt their phantom limb disappear. Scientists think this effect is due to the plasticity in the brain and the way it creates new neural pathways after losing a limb. They also think that there is a strong connection between vision and touch in the brain. Mirrors cause hallucinations. A strange illusion is conjured up when you stare at your reflection in a mirror. It's an old Halloween trick that modern science is stating is starting to investigate. Try it for yourself. No. <laughs> Sit in a darkened room about three feet away from a mirror and gaze at the reflection of your face for about ten minutes. Keep the lighting as dark as you can while still being able to see your reflection. At first you will find that there are small distortions in your face in the mirror. Then gradually, after several minutes, your face will begin to change more dramatically and look more like a waxwork. <laughs> like the face doesn't belong to you. Some people see a series of other faces, or even fantastical monsters or beings staring back, and others see animal faces. It is a dissociative state that scientists are studying in order to try and understand our sense of self and identity. Psychologists believed it could even help patients with schizophrenia when they are encouraged to confront their other selves. That's creepy. I would never do that. No. 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 Can everyone recognize themselves in a mirror? Remember when I was talking about that? It wasn't about a mirror, but it was when we were talking about like doppelgangers oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I don't know if I would recognize. Yeah. So I wonder. Let's see. Yeah. Most of us take it for granted that we will recognize ourselves in a mirror, yet it seems that not everyone can pass the mirror mark test for self-recognition. Scientists use a method of marking the face or body, then observing what the subject does in front of a mirror to test for signs that they recognize themselves and try to rub off the mark. Children usually develop mirror self-recognition by 24 months of age. <laughs> However, when researchers tested non-Western children in countries like Fiji and Kenya, these children failed to pass the test even at six years of age. Oh, wow. But this is not a sign that they lack the ability to separate themselves psychologically from other humans. Rather, it is a cultural difference in the use of mirrors and a problem with the effectiveness of the mirror test. These children show freezing behavior when, confront when confronted with their own reflection, indicating that they did understand that the reflection was themselves, not somebody else. Huh. Animals that have mirror self-recognition. Just as many humans do not pass the current mirror self-recognition test, many animals fail it too. Could that mean that certain animals are able to pass a different test for recognizing their own reflection? Some researchers think so. For example, some elephants failed the marking method for mirror self-recognition, but showed obvious self-recognition behaviors, such as repetitive movements that showed a connection to their reflection. Perhaps some animals are simply not bothered about having marks on them and therefore don't react. Gorillas also failed the test and were thought not to have mirror self-recognition. However, gorillas are easily embarrassed Eye contact is very important in gorilla societies, and after looking at their reflection, they tend to go off somewhere private to remove the marks they saw in the mirror. They are now accepted as having mirror self-recognition. The arguments are flying as to the effectiveness of the marking method, and it could be that many other species are much more self-aware than we give them credit for. Animals that pass the traditional mirror self-recognition test include chimpanzees, orangutans, Bonobos? I'm, 
I don't know what that is. <laughs> Gorillas, elephants, bottlenose dolphins, killer whales, and European magpies. <laughs> Mirrors on the moon. The moon is, on average, 200... I don't... 238,857 miles away. Does that sound right? Yeah. Away from us on Earth. We know this so accurately thanks to mirrors. The distance to the moon varies because of its elliptical orbit around the Earth as its closest known at its closest known as per, perigee, it is only 363,104 kilometers away. At Apogee, <laughs> the most distance, it, it is 406,696 kilometers away from us. I don't care about that. I'm going to go to the next one. That's too scientific for me. Mirrors can also reflect sound. Mirrors are not just for gazing at your reflection. Mirrors can actually reflect sound as well as light. Mirrors that reflect sound waves are known as acoustic mirrors and were used in Britain during World War II to detect, detect certain sound waves coming from enemy aircraft. This was before the development of radar. Several were, several were built around the coast of Britain and are still standing today. The most famous ones are at Dengi near Dungeness, Kent. <laughs> There is no public access to them, but they can be seen on a special guided walk. The only sound mirror outside of Britain is also one of the biggest. The 61 meter or 200 foot sound mirror in Magtab, Malta. It is known locally as Ilwidna, which means the ear. It is a well-known secret and there is no public access to it. Huh. Reflecting matter with mirrors. Amazingly, mirrors can also reflect matter. Some mirrors are known in physics as atomic mirrors. An atomic mirror reflects atoms of matter just as a conventional mirror reflects light. They use electromagnetic fields to reflect neutral atoms, although some just use silicon water. The reflection from an atomic mirror is essentially a quantum reflection of a wave of matter and works for reflecting neutral atoms that are moving slowly. These atoms are basically repelled from the surface of the mirror. This can be used to trap slow atoms or to focus an atomic beam. Atomic mirrors work better if they are ridged because of the larger wavelengths of matter compared to minute photons of light. This is getting way too scientific for me. <laughs> it is. crazy. Okay. We're going to go to top five creepy haunted mirrors that have ever existed. Okay. I got this uh, from hauntedattractiononline.com. Number one, twisting inversions. Years ago, while at a cookout with his family, a gentleman named Juan heard a chilling tale of a haunted mirror from his cousin in Veracruz, Mexico. One day, Juan's cousin and a friend of his were shopping in an antique store where he came across a large Victorian-style mirror. The mirror was incredibly ornate with a brushed silver frame. Juan's cousin was drawn to it immediately and asked the shop owner how much it cost. The shop owner told him the price, but seemed a little edgy afterward. He told Juan's cousin that if he wished to purchase the mirror, that he must make sure that it is always covered by some kind of heavy cloth after the sun goes down. <laughs> Juan's cousin found the man to be a bit quirky, but nevertheless promised that he would do as the owner bid. He purchased the mirror and drove it home in the back of his truck. He, wrote, he arrived home in the early evening after he found a space on the wall of his bedroom to hang it. He admired his reflection for a few minutes, then properly covered it with a bedsheet. He felt a little silly doing so, but the shop owner had been so adamant. Dusk approached. Juan's cousin was relaxing on the couch when he began to hear a steady knocking sound as though someone was at the door, but nobody was. Puzzled, he wandered, wandered through the house, tracking the noise until he got to his bedroom. Chills ran down his spine as he realized the knocking sound was coming from within the mirror. Oh, Slowly, no. he grabbed the bedsheet by the corners and pulled it off the mirror. Inside the mirror was his reflection, but a reflection that moved entirely on its own. 
Juan's cousin watched in horror as his mirror self slowly knocked on the glass surface, an eerie, leering smile on its face. He moved to cover the mirror back up, but his reflection somehow managed to grab him and attempted to pull him into the mirror itself. This surreal violence had Juan's cousin paralyzed with fear. He fought to free himself, but his reflection was too strong. He was partially pulled into the mirror. His fear escalated ten times over when he peered around. Within the mirror, he saw his bedroom, but everything was inverted backwards. Juan's cousin began to pray, and only then did he find the strength to free, him, to free himself from the mirror. He fell to the floor and immediately ran out of the house. He ran down the street to his friend's house and stayed there until morning, too terrified to return to his home. When the sun rose, he and his friend grabbed the mirror and burned it in a fire. Since destroying the evil mirror, everything has thankfully returned to normal. That's creepy. Scratches in oil. A young man who goes by the name of Nuko once discovered a mirror in an abandoned building not far from his house. The building was strewn with various trash and broken furniture, and it seemed that the only thing that was in perfect condition was a small square mirror, mirror he found up against the wall. Nuko was studying art at the time and had been interested in painting on a glass surface for some time. He brought the mirror home with him, thinking it would be his next canvas. He laid out a brand new tarp and arranged his oil paints on the floor of his bedroom. For hours, he worked on the mirror, adding stroke after stroke until at last he was finished. On the mirror's surface was a portrait of himself. Happy with his work, Nuko carefully closed up his paints and crawled into bed shortly after midnight. The following morning, he opened his eyes and recalled what he had done before, but he was shocked to see that the mirror had been altered over the course of the night. His portrait was still drying on the surface, but through his face was a series of long, deep scratch marks. Had he somehow missed those marks when he was first picked up the mirror? No, he had cleaned the surface before he had started painting. Puzzled, Nuko looked around his room, trying to discern what could have made the scratches. All of his supplies were in the exact place they had been when he had fallen asleep. He didn't have any pets or siblings, and his parents would have never destroyed one of his pieces. In addition to the scratch marks, Nuko also noticed substantial tears in his brand new tarp. He searched his entire room, but he could not come up with any possible theories as to what had caused such damp destruction. He became scared. After the portrait finished drying, Nuko took the mirror and placed it in the shed in his backyard. It remains there to, his, to this day. Whenever Nuko needs supplies out of the shed, he always feels extremely uncomfortable, as though something foreign and malicious is present. He hasn't looked at mirrors quite the same way since. That's crazy. Victorian Evil when Satiris Charlambos and Joseph Birch found a large Victorian mirror in the dumpster outside of their London flat, they thought they had hit the jackpot. The antique mirror was quite beautiful with a thick walnut border. They believed it would look great hung up over the radiator in their apartment. But not long after they hung the mirror up, strange things began to occur to both of them. Satiris found himself suddenly waking up in the middle of the night with stabbing pains shooting through his entire body. Joseph, usually a very happy 20-year-old student, found himself feeling incredibly depressed and void of energy. At first, neither of them made any correlation between their mental and physical symptoms with the mirror. That is, until Satiris decided to paint the walnut frame a bright silver. After that, their problems only escalated. Joseph began to experience the same sharp pains that Satiris felt during the middle of the night. Objects began to go missing, such as keys and documents, and that's when Joseph began to notice strange movement coming from the mirror. It began one day when he was alone in the flat. He had been walking down the hall towards his bedroom when he caught movement in the mirror's reflection out of his periphery. Dark shadows seemed to flicker and move on the glass surface, even when Joseph stood completely still. The two friends confronted their landlord about the mirror and soon discovered that it had once been his. When they asked if he wanted the mirror back, he quickly shook his head. I don't want anything to do with that mirror, the landlord said. <laughs> it didn't take long for the nightmares to begin. Joseph even began to fear being in the apartment by himself. He was certain that something malevolent was there with him, draining him of his happiness and energy. Satiris began to theorize that something awful had happened in front of the mirror, and it had somehow managed to absorb the negative energy from the event. 
He became convinced that someone had once been murdered in front of its glass surface, and now the mirror brought nothing but discomfort and despair wherever it was. When the radiator and the landline phone mysteriously stopped working, the two friends begrudgingly realized that their troubles were only, were only going to escalate. They decided to put the mirror on eBay with full disclosure as to what had been happening to them. The mirror has since gone to the highest bidder, and the two friends are certain that a feeling of lightness and hope has flooded into their apartment once more. They hope that whoever has the mirror now is well trained in the paranormal and will not experience what they endured while the Victorian mirror was in their home. A Family of Spirits Most people who have a deep interest in the paranormal have heard about the infamous Myrtle's Plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana. Built in 1796, the house has become known as being one of the most haunted historical locations in the South. But what some people may not realize is that within the house lays a haunted mirror. In the hallway, across from the large wooden staircase, is a large rectangular mirror with a gilded gold frame. The mirror has been within the house for well over two centuries, and many eerie stories have surfaced about it. According to one story, Sarah Bradford Woodruff, who lived in the house along with her husband and children during the 1820s, haunts the house and is said to be permanently trapped inside the mirror. Tourists who take their picture in front of the mirror often find strange anomalies in their photographs, creepy-looking shadows or an array of orbs. Some people even claim that they have seen fingerprints and silvery apparitions standing on the staircase reflected within the mirror's surface. Some people believe the mirror shows nothing but ordinary reflections, but there are countless accounts of believers and skeptics alike who have seen something paranormal on in its ancient surface. Today, the Myrtle's Plantation is open to tours and also serves as a bed and breakfast. Did I say bread and breakfast? No. Okay. <laughs> I noticed in one of our episodes, I said it, you and said I didn't even lot. notice. <laughs> you say it a lot. It's funny. You may not like what you see. Into the Black. Greg Newkirk has always had a profound interest in the paranormal. Over the years, he began to research and track down various objects that others had deemed as haunted. When Greg had collected a sufficient number of items, he, along with his wife, Dana, formed the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult. Essentially, Greg and his wife traveled around the country and displayed their supernatural finds for anyone who was curious. A couple years ago, Greg was contacted by a young woman about a small mirror with black glass. The woman, who wanted to rem remain anonymous, stated that her mother had acquired the mirror during a psychic expo. Her daughter thought nothing of the purchase until her mother began to act very withdrawn and subdued. When the young woman confronted her mother, her mother claimed that it was the mirror's doing, that it was inherently evil. Skeptical, the young woman took the mirror home with her, concerned over her mother's mental health. Despite not believing what her mother had said about the dark mirror, nevertheless she found herself feeling oddly uncomfortable and uneasy in her home. After a few short days, she contacted Greg and donated the mirror to the traveling museum. At first, Greg kept his distance from the mirror, not because he was frightened by it, but because he didn't want to be disappointed if nothing paranormal occurred. Oftentimes, the museum has supposedly haunted objects donated to it, but nothing strange ever actually occurs. However, since it was newly acquired, Greg brought it along for their next tour. On their first stop in Pennsylvania, a woman immediately picked up the mirror and gazed at her reflection. Within seconds, she had grown extremely pale and had set the mirror down, hastening to cover it up with a piece of cloth. When Greg asked her what she had seen, the woman replied that she had seen her own corpse in the mirror's reflection. Oh my god. The woman then stated that the mirror was dark in nature and that she needed to go pray. Confused but excited by such an account, Greg made it a point to carefully observe anyone else who grabbed the mirror. Some individuals only saw the reflection, but others had much more ghastly things to report. Another woman in a different location also claimed to have seen her corpse. One man, a supposed die-hard skeptic, stated that he had seen his reflection, but that it had turned around and walked completely out of the frame. Oh my god. Another woman claimed that when she looked at her reflection, her mirror image had begun to whisper, despite the fact that the woman herself never once opened her mouth while gazing into the mirror. Ugh. Greg and his wife continued to tour with the dark mirror, but the paranormal enthusiasts 
admits admits that he keeps the mirror covered when it resides in their home. He avoids looking at the mirror at all costs. The mirror itself seems to want to draw Greg in, but he's always resisted gazing into the glass surface head-on. He has become convinced that whatever the mirror wants to show him, it will not be pleasant. Oh my gosh, that's so creepy. And that's all I got on mirrors. All right. Because they're creepy as fuck. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff that I didn't know about. Yeah, about I didn't even mirrors. read some of those ones. It was getting too scientific for yeah, me. Yeah, that was, it was crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. All right. This week I did, well, I did kind of half and half. So the first set are just graveyard shift workers that have seen creepy shit. My first one, my very first job working in a nightclub. The nightclub was above some closed shops and right next to a multi-story car park. My job was running the cloakroom at the entrance of the club and from my seat I could see the empty car park. About a week into the job, around 1 a.m., when no one was coming or going, I was staring blankly into the distance and noticed a body fall from the top of the multi-story car park and out of my vision below the nightclub. Oh my gosh. I got up and ran outside to the edge and looked over and there wasn't a body on the floor. This happened at least once a week. Always around 1 a.m., a body would just fall limply from the top of the car park and disappear before it hit the ground. It happened so much that I can remember what the body looked like, what it was wearing, what. but whenever I mentioned it to the staff, they said they had never seen or heard anything about it. I watched the CCTV cameras, but they didn't reach that far. I looked up information to see if anyone had died there, but I couldn't find anything. It could have been just my imagination, but over it was just too over? clear. Over and over? Yeah. Wow. That sounds like a... Residual, residual haunting or residual suicide that's crazy next one i used to work as a graveyard custodian in a building by myself when i started i was told the building was pretty weird and i should stay on my toes i called bullshit but after working there for a year i was pretty much convinced something weird was happening i was riding the elevator to a different floor but instead of going to that floor it went straight to the basement the doors open and they were open for maybe 10 seconds or so and i can't see anything in this room all of a sudden a dark figure starts walking towards the elevator Mm-mm. i freaked the fuck out i hit the doors to close and the figure just kept getting closer i ended up standing outside of the building for a half an hour or so to wait for the police while they searched the building what really freaked me out was that one entrance into the basement was locked and barred and they didn't find anyone down there after they searched everywhere i would not go to the basement no that's creepy next one i'm currently a janitor at a gym we have a stairwell that leads down some stairs to a door that doesn't open because we lost the keys some years ago one night there was a loud banging sound coming from the door it sounded like someone was banging it every second for a couple of minutes I stood at the top of the stairs and listened and watched, and it stopped. It started up again a few minutes later. I went back up there to see, and it stopped again as soon as I got there. I told the manager the next day, and we had a locksmith come in. He got the door open, and it was just an old supply closet that was empty. Every so often, someone hears a banging sound coming from that door at the bottom of the stairs. No! No! Next one was sitting at the desk at the front of a good-sized window reading a binder. Sort of had the feeling that someone was watching me, so I looked up and there was a face pressed to the glass. No No idea how long he had been there before I looked up. I ran out of the foyer where there is a glass door on the porch that should be locked. It wasn't. He started shaking the door and trying to get in. I ran to the next room and he just followed me around the house while I was on the phone with the cops. Watching me through the windows, they didn't catch him that night. Mm. He came back the next night and they caught him. Oh my god! Creepy as fuck. Ugh. Next one. Two different times I saw someone get onto an elevator as I came around the corner. I said, hold the door as the door started to close. It opened back up like someone had hit the button. When I got to the elevator, there was no one there. After that, many times, just as I come around the corner, the elevator door would open, but no one was in the elevator. 
I had not pushed a call button or anything. I would just always say thanks when I got on the empty elevator. <laughs> Next one. A phone used to call me on 911 every night, make a horrible screaming sound, or sometimes just white noise, and then disconnect. It scared the living shit out of me. The officers we sent out every time f- never found a thing, and I was repeatedly assured that the, th- that the sounds on the line were due to a faulty phone line or rain, but it never stopped bothering me. It was vacant, but there was a residence there. That's creepy, those phone calls. calls, Yeah. yeah. Next one, when I was shutting down the projectors and closing down the movie theater around 2 a.m., I shut off one of the projectors and turned around to see one theater starting to play the movie Insidious from the beginning without previews. It was it was extremely out of place considering the projectors are programmed. For the movies to start automatically with a 20-minute preview built in. No show was scheduled in the computer, and I still don't know how it started, but I locked myself in the office for the rest of the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the movie Insidious? Yeah. I mean, come on. Those are good. Yeah. Next one. Sometimes patients come in for other problems and don't mention that they have that they sleepwalk. There have been a few occasions when I had been sitting in my office watching vitals and writing reports when I turn around to get something and a patient has slept sleepwalked into my office and is standing right behind me <laughs> at 2 a.m. in the dead quiet that gives one quite a shock. <laughs> that is creepy. Yes, it is. Sleepwalking is creepy. It is. Because you're like a zombie. You don't know, you know, you don't, don't know what's I've going on. I ever sleptwalked. I think I have. I think I did when I was little, like a couple of times, but, you know, that was it. I don't think I do now. But, I mean, you don't know. Well, I told you about um, my ex-husband. Yeah. He slept, walked, all, and he, when he woke up, he was on his neighbor's front porch. Yeah. In his underwear. Yeah, that's That would freak me out. Yeah, that's, that's scary. Uh, Next one, working overnight security, I noticed a woman standing in the middle of the parking lot staring at the security camera. When I went outside to tell her she had to leave, she said nothing and handed me a note. The note said something along the lines of, They are listening to us. Don't say anything. If you or your commander can help me, just shake your head. Me being the only person there, I told her again she had to leave. Instead, she stood there for another 15 minutes staring into the camera. I called the police, but she was gone before they got there. Uh, that's weird. Yeah, that's definitely weird. Okay, the next few I have are specifically, um, graveyard shift workers at hotels. Okay. First one, working the graveyard shift at a small motel all alone, had a guest who requested a six-foot extension cord. It took me a while to find one, but I brought it to his room. The housekeeper found him dead the next day. He had hung himself with the extension cord. That's a bummer. Yeah. Next one, before I was born, my parents decided to move to the coast and open their own little seaside hotel. The first thing to do when they moved in was to clean all the rooms. So they took half each and s- to speed things up. My mom told me the story when I was little. She was in the room number eight doing some vacuuming when the whole carpet started, quote unquote, rippling. Yeah. When I was little, I didn't think it sounded very scary at all, as I just thought that maybe the carpet had got caught on the vacuum or something. And so I never really thought about it again. Fast forward to about a month ago, I remembered this old story. I was making fun of my mom a bit for thinking it was creepy, when it was obviously explainable. She looked confused and told me I must not have understood her when I was little. Apparently, what had actually happened was that the entire carpet had rippled in a constant fluid wave-type motion, and all of the furniture, including herself, had been lifted up and down off of the floor for about 10 seconds she screamed bloody murder at my dad down the hall and told him that they were selling the place before it had even opened (laughs) 
He managed to convince her otherwise, but she never went back in that room. I wouldn't either. No. Ooh, I got goosebumps. That's creepy. Okay, next one. I didn't work at a hotel, but my job requires me to travel a lot. The most unexplainable experience for me happened during my stay in a hotel I frequented. After a long day, I tried to get some sleep as I had to get up early the next morning, but for some reason, I would hear this noise from the room above me. It sounded like someone was dragging a table or chair across the floor, as if they were rearranging the room. At first, I thought nothing of it, but this continued every few minutes for about two hours. I finally got fed up and called the front desk, and they sent security to check it out. Turns out there was no one in the room above, and the noise continued after... I had no choice but to switch to another room. Hmm. That's creepy just to hear something that obviously there's nobody up there. And yeah. yeah. Next one, I worked at a Holiday Inn years ago and only can recall a few weird cases. One was that every now and then when we would get complaints that a young girl was screaming in the pool area, when checking it out, you would find that no one was around. Management did report that a young girl drowned in the pool years earlier. Oh. Um, and one night I was working at the front desk and received a phone, a call from the room, from a room complaining that the room above them was stomping around and being noisy. Nobody was checked into that room and nobody was there when I checked it out. Guess a wife had killed her husband in that room. After the murder in the room, it was turned into storage. And despite it being empty, the front desk would get random calls from that room. Oh, Another freaking phone call. I know, that's creepy. Next one worked as a chef in at a Hilton. Remembered speaking with one of the managers uh, from a different downtown hotel. Very high end, and he told me this story. Manager was on his way out of the hotel after working one evening and saw a homeless guy a ways out sleeping on the lawn. He decided to walk back in and tell the front desk employees to try and get him off the property. They came back he came back in for work the next morning and saw the same homeless guy still sleeping on the lawn. So he ran in to chew out the front desk manager about how the employees didn't do what he asked. They both walked out to get the bum to leave and they found the bum was wearing a nice suit coat. Turns out it was a wealthy businessman who had jumped off the 12th story balcony and had just been dead there all night and half the day. Oh Turns gosh. out no one saw him fall. Oh, it's terrible. It is. It's like my worst nightmare is that I'll be dead and nobody will notice, like, ever. <laughs> and I'll just be, like, s- sleeping on the lawn of a hotel. <laughs> or dead on the lawn of a hotel. It's so horrible. Um, okay. Next one. Worked in a motel when I was 17 or 18 years old. I was at the front desk not working when the housekeeping guy called me to check something out in a room he was cleaning. I go up there and he is standing in the middle of the room looking up at the ceiling. There was a set of bare footprints on the ceiling which was at least 10 feet high. It was only in the middle and nowhere else. There's no way he could have jumped that high upside down and left no prints on the walls either. Also, he left a single bullet on the bed. Huh? (laughs) Some gun-wielding high jump (laughs) barefoot man. Acrobat. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking weird. And my last one, I got into a lift from the top floor to head down. The lift stopped at the fourth floor, doors open. I saw people outside standing still, making no attempt to come in, despite me being alone inside, and there was room for them. The automatic lift door then closed, and before it completely shut, I heard someone outside say, why do you think the lift was so full? Oh my god. That was my And you can't get off. Oh my god! The door shut! (laughs) Oh, that would be horrible. Yeah! Oh my god. Those are my stories for the week. All right. (laughs) It's time for the witty wrap up. Yay, witty wrap up. I did corny jokes. Okay. Okay. Why do scuba divers fall backward out of the boat? I've heard this one before, but I don't remember. Because if they fell forward, they'd still be in the boat. <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> That's right. <laughs> what did the daughter corn ask the mother corn? I don't know. <laughs> Where's popcorn? <laughs> or cockporn? <laughs> what did the stoplight say to the car? Stop. Don't look. I'm changing. Oh, my God. <laughs> what did the tired criminal need? Tired criminal. I don't know. A rest. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why do cows have hooves instead of feet? Why? They lactose. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why did the pig get hired by the restaurant? Why? He was really good at bacon. Oh my gosh, bacon. <laughs> Why do birds fly south for the winter? Why? It's way too far to walk. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> How does a train eat? It chews. Choo -choo -choo. <laughs> That's right. I've read that one before. I'm thinking about removing my spine. I feel like it's only holding me back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what did the buffalo say to his son leaving to, to school? What? Bison. Bison. Oh my god. I had to sell my vacuum cleaner because it was just collecting dust. Oh. <laughs> Why did the Scarecrow win an award? Why? Because he was outstanding in his field. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Why was the cook arrested? Why? He was caught beating an egg. Oh, <laughs> that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever tried eating a clock? It's very time consuming. Oh my gosh. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> What did the ocean say to the shore? What? Nothing. It just waved. <laughs> <laughs> why did the golfer wear two pairs of pants? Oh, God, why? In case he got a hole in one. <laughs> oh, my God. Why did the fish get bad, bad grades? Why? Because it was below sea level. Oh, my gosh. Courtney. What did the fish say when he swam into a wall? What? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call a totally unimportant elephant? What? An irrelevant. Oh my gosh. That's so stupid. <laughs> a book fell on my head. I can only blame my shelf. <laughs> What do you call fake potatoes? What? Imitators. <laughs> you said that so matter-of-factly like I was supposed to know that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so there's this guy going around dipping his testicles in glitter. It's pretty nuts. That sounds pretty nuts. <laughs> what did the nut say when it was chasing the other nut? I want glitter! No, I don't want. <laughs> I'm a cashew. I'm a cashew. <laughs> <It's so stupid. laughs> I asked my wife if I was the only one she's been with. She said yes, the others were at least sevens or eights. <laughs> my gosh that's great why don't foot fetishists ever win anything why because they like the taste of defeat Ew. <laughs> that's <so> stupid. <laughs> and my last one what do a dog and a nearsighted gynecologist have in common oh god what a wet nose <laughs> That is just wrong. <laughs> just wrong. That's funny, though. <laughs> yes, I did laugh.
Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Um, rate, root, review. <laughs> rate, root. <laughs> rate, root. <laughs> you know what I mean, and I'm tired. Okay, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen. Follow us on Facebook. Thank you again for listening. We will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.